By now, we've all heard about Bitcoin. Put simply, it's digital currency. But where does it come from? It requires uh, Bitcoin mining. Now, mining is the process that Bitcoin and several other cryptocurrencies use to generate new coins and verify new transactions. It involves vast decentralized networks of computers around the world that verify and secure blockchains. Those are the virtual ledgers that document cryptocurrency transactions. Now, in return for contributing their processing power, computers on the network are rewarded with new new coins. Now, what's interesting about all this is that Bitcoin mining firms have set up shop in BC, in many cases taking over old commercial sites in forestry towns, right here in British Columbia, in the interior and the north. Well, our next guest has written about Bitcoin in a new article called Gold Rush 2.0. You can find the article on the TIE website. Joining me now is Amanda Follett-Hoskut. She is the Northern BC reporter for the TIE. Amanda, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Jazz. Thanks for uh, having me. So uh, t- tell me, uh, when you first started investigating uh, the this Bitcoin mining, were you expecting it to be as as big as it actually is? Um, yeah, I hadn't heard anything about it up until, you know, maybe mid-December. I was kind of coasting into the holidays. I was looking into some forestry stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I began reading about how these Bitcoin operations were setting up on old mill sites. And that was completely news to me. I mean, I don't, you, you just explained it beautifully, but I didn't really have any understanding of Bitcoin or how it worked. And to me, it was this kind of ethereal thing that took place in the cloud so I found it fascinating that these Bitcoin operators were interested in setting up in some of our more remote little old mill towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have they given you a reason why uh, they like uh, some of these smaller forestry towns? Yeah, so basically these operations, they, they have these massive computers that are inside these big warehouses. And what they're looking for is sufficient space a power supply and an internet connection. Um, And then the appealing thing about BC is that we have 98% renewable energy, so they can market their operations as being more environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and give me a sense, and I'm not an engineer, and neither you are a technical person, but, but it, the amount of power that they use is quite significant, isn't it? It is, yeah. So at one point, a couple of years ago, the province had um, inquiries from Bitcoin operators that totaled 2,000 megawatts. And to put that into perspective, our entire provincial supply uh, at the moment is about 12,000 megawatts. So about a sixth of our entire electricity supply. And uh, as I was, I was actually in the midst of looking into this in late December, and then the province made this announcement that they were going to pause all new cryptocurrency connections while they reevaluated the industry and, and, you know, the role it would play in BC. Uh, you said 2,000 megawatts, and the total amount of power uh, in this province, as you say, produces about 12,000. And I think even uh, Site C, which is there, there's been tremendous amount of debate controversy uh, uh, in, the, in our province, even that uh, dam, which is significant in size and in cost, I think right now it's just over $20 billion to build it. Even that, I think, is about 1,100 megawatts. So it gives you a sense yeah. that the entire uh, Bitcoin mining industry would take and use all of that power. 
if if uh, if if required. Um, what is the industries? Have you have any of the industry players said anything to you about whether what they think of this uh, this decision by the provincial government to 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 put a, a hold on any more uh, expansion at this point? Yeah, so I spoke with Daniel Roberts, and he's um, he's a C- CEO with Iris Energy, which is based in Australia. They have three of BC's currently operating seven um, cryptocurrency operations, and they kind of came in with this idea of, like, we're going to provide a consistent, um, you know, a, a market for your power supply. We're going to buy your power supply. We'll bring down overall costs for average rate payers. Um, so that it kind of puts a damper on, on their whole premise of being here in BC. But I think they also kind of got in a few years ago before there was this flood of inquiries. So Daniel told me that he, he understands that they want to be here, you know, like using excess power supply, not creating problems. Um, and he says they're happy to work with the province to see how things progress moving forward. And the province has said they'll take the next... 18 months to create some sort of a framework for the industry. Uh, I think I, I think that too, that, that provides them with a little bit of a, you know, a little more certainty to these organizations that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Has any other province done what BC's done, which is sort of to, to step back just for 18 months to reassess the lay of the land a little bit? Have other provinces done what we've done? Yeah, Manitoba announced something similar in the fall. So they're undergoing a similar process. Uh, Quebec has done it previously, and they came back with higher rates for cryptocurrency operations and a cap on how much electricity can be dedicated to those operations. Uh, I'm curious, uh, as you were saying, that you know uh, that we do have uh, lots of clean power in this province, excess power at this point, but as these cryptocurrency mining operations grow, you have, I guess you have to take that into consideration with even an LNG industry that may wish to expand. Uh, LNG Canada is already talking about um, expanding after they've finished their first two, um, their their main operation, the two trains, and building another two trains after that, and they want to run on electric drive, which is going to require more power, a significant mm-hmm. amount of power for those big operations. And you add to that, uh, you know, our listeners, uh, who are probably the next vehicle the family may buy, maybe an electric vehicle, maybe a Tesla, mm-hmm. maybe something else, the drain on our on our grid is uh, not just from industrial projects, but just from uh, you know the energy transition is going to be significant. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the argument. You know, do we want to dedicate? And, and I mean, excess. I think it's interesting to note too that this announcement came right in the midst of our cold snap in December, mm-hmm. when we were using ten more than ten thousand of those twelve thousand available megawatts. Um, but then, yeah, the argument of do we want to dedicate that extra power to an industry that, you know, is is a little bit ethereal and, and maybe doesn't provide an obvious service to residents? Or do we want to save it for greening the existing economy, allowing people to move to electric vehicles, that kind of thing? Did, did you visit any of these facilities yourself? I haven't yet. No, Um there is one in Houston about an hour from where I live. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'd love to get out to the one in Prince George one of these days. I think it's, you know, from the photos, they really do look, you know, 
pretty high tech and intimidating. These like big towering interiors full of wires. So I think it'd be a really neat thing to check out. And I guess with the cooler temperatures compared to uh, in the winter time, it does probably help with uh, uh, just uh, the cooling that is required for some of these facilities as well. And then you've got these industrial sites, and they they actually work quite well for the needs of the industry. Yep, that's another another attraction to BC is the cooler temperatures and uh, and you know another thing that they say is that they're recycling some of that heat to heat buildings as well. Mm. Do they hire? Do these facilities have a lot of employees, or is is it like a lot of tech uh, tech industry? A lot of it is done without actual people. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, you know, the the three facilities that Iris Energy has, they employ between fifteen and twenty full-time positions each. Um, And I spoke to a couple of small-town mayors in Mackenzie and Canal Flats, and they both told me that they're happy to take the jobs. You know, I think on the local level, these operations are pretty um, low-impact, and they said that Iris Energy is a good corporate citizen. They contribute to the tax base. um, They offer community grants and that kind of thing. So they're happy to have them. yeah, it obviously doesn't replace some of the, the jobs that have been lost and things like the forest industry. No, absolutely. You may lose 300 jobs in Prince George at the Canfor uh, mill shutting down, but if you can at least get 40 or 50 or 60 jobs with some of these other facilities, it helps mm-hmm. a little bit. So I can understand why uh, local mayors would be very much uh, interested in attracting more of these Bitcoin mining firms. Amanda, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed our conversation. Look forward to having you on again. Yeah, thanks for the chat, Jeff.